It's hot, it's humid, it's Bermuda grass, it's Florida. PJ Tour finally leaves the West Coast as the golfers look to win the Honda Classic. PJ National, the champion's course, will play host to what should be an amazing tournament and the cut line is here to break it down. Zach, the bear trap! Animal! Good baby, very good! Nothing? No no follow-up there for you, buddy? Not excited? I'm, gonna, I'm patiently waiting to pounce, just like 16 through 18. Oh, oh, excellent, excellent. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. Hello, Australia. Hello, Germany. Hello, Netherlands. Hola, Spain. And hello, Singapore? What Ooh. are you doing to listen to us, Singapore? Anyways, some advice for you bread makers out there. When opening a bakery and you so happen to be on Cumberland Avenue, and if you do choose to call it Cumberland Bakery, make sure that when you leave the store at night, the B-E-R-L-A-N-D lights up in that sign because it does send the wrong message for some people. That's a true story. (laughs) No, it's not, but... uh, It's not good for business. Well, maybe some people. One of the most provocative bakeries I've ever seen. Mm. Give this show some love, guys. We thrive on the positive, and both Zach and I do everything we can to help you guys out, to keep you entertained, to keep you in the green. We doubled our listenership last week, and we are looking to do that again. Pass our show along to friends, family, loved ones, whomever, because we're having a riot growing the cut line with you. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. How many top five players made it into my core last week? Uh, a one, a two, a three, a four. That's right, four out of five of the top five finishers were in my core. Show Lucky. was en fuego. Cancel. So hot right now. But as hot as I was, the man soon to be mentioned was even hotter. The lineup slayer himself, the 6K, I pick him, you play him, you win him. 
Mad Money Manafort, My Tie Manafort, Zero Iron Zack, at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. He putts like Decky, sprays it off the tee like DJ, and hits him as far as Furick. Lives in Hangover Purgatory, Mr. Corona himself, Zach Manafort. What's up, buddy? What's up? I am excited to be on one course, one cut, and the field sucks. But I'm still excited. I don't care about the field sucking. I love that the WGC... I actually do like this field, honestly. It, yeah, it is totally your field. It is. I like it. And it really is. I, I do... I miss some of the big names, but... After going through it, I'm like, I kind of like... I like more players this week than I've liked all season. Which I don't get. We've had two weeks of, like, best golfers in the world at the Genesis. Yeah. And then last week at the WGC Mexico. And all of a sudden we get to this trash field and you're excited. But that's why we love you. I love trash. Love you. We're going to move right into it to our good, bad, ugly. Our good call being, you know, calls we're on the money with. Our bad calls, calls that we wish we had maybe more ownership exposure, guys that we just missed, undervalued, whatever the case may be. And, of course, the plain old ugly guys we flat out were wrong about. Kick it off, bro. Hey, man, I, I think my best call of the week last week was Hatton. I, I was just confident in him coming off of wrist surgery. I don't care that he hadn't played a bunch. I just really felt like this is a place he wanted to go and make his debut because he's done well in here in the past. Wrapped up with a T6 with for, you know, I mean, he was pretty solid all four days. So looks like the injury's not an issue at all after four solid rounds of golf. And I think hopefully we'll see him on tour a little bit more going forward. Yeah, I, I was not with you on that injury. I played conservatively and it came back to bite me in the ass. Uh, my good calls. Oh, my can't do it a DJ, bro. Yeah, Loved that's it. my bad call. Oh, I'll, that I'll just lead into that now. That was my bad. You're you're good. My terrible. Oh man, it was it was a great call. It was a fade. He wasn't like the chalk donkey of the slate, but but absolute great fade. Um, my call playing Bryson and Patrick Reed. As much as people hate Patrick Reed, look, he's good. At, I, he's good at golf, man. He's good at golf. Whatever. Now he, for the rest of the season, he's gonna par his way around the course. I I can't. I I was so was so against him. I'm so glad you played him because. Good call. I couldn't do it. He better not par his way around the course. We got him in fantasy on my side. All right, my bad. Answer, man. I thought the hometown dog would, would kind of like bite it. And, of course, my hat and call I was not on board with. Those were my bads. I wish I had more of them. I did have some answer. I didn't completely fade him, but he, he was part of my like kind of can't do it. But it, I, it was dumb. It was a dumb narrative to play. It was based off of... Not even stats. It was just a loose assumption that he would just choke under the pressure, and he, and he played okay. Yeah, I agree with that. So, and your bad was DJ, right? Oh yeah, I just I thought he had turned a corner. I'm kind of shocked. I mean, he he flashed a little bit on Saturday, but he it was just a bad call. Yeah, and you're ugly. Oh God, sunk ass Kang. He was. You know, I thought I could ride him for one more week. And little did I know he'd finish second to last at 15 over. Like, go fuck yourself, man. Like, that's just hit. from second to second to last. Come on. Ah, uh, this game is that's quite humbling, ugly. is it not? Ugly. All right, my ugly was my 6K monster jazz. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ooh. God. You know, it goes to show you, of course, history was a little bit important here. 
I was on the course history track last week. I Plus. know. A few people were, and, and they were quite profitable. For my main slate, I was not with my man Jazz, and it hurt bad. But, hey, Showdown model is rocking and rolling, dude. Lots True of money that. to be made that way. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis of the Honda Classic. And we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They're funny guys. Just kill one of them. Make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. Yes, that is your back door. Careful there. Careful. Caution. Caution. And the cut line is going to do what it does best to make sure that you're cashing on Sunday and getting six of six players through the real cut line this week. It, that reminded me of, like, real deal Holyfield. <laughs> Anyways, Zach. Anyway. It's Wednesday night. Lineups lock on Thursday. What are you, my friend, going to be doing? I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be as exciting as months past. I am in the midst of terrible, terrible amounts of work and classwork, and I will be doing nothing but staring at material all week, including you're, Wednesday night. Oh, you're bringing real-life depressive, depressive aspects to this show. I have to. The one, the one week of the year I will be stuck, doing no, no fun. Just give up and just focus on golf. That's all you need. That's it. After next week, it's all all golf, all the time. Anyways, as boring and busy as that sounds, you need leverage, right? And I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports, even with my own personal ownership projections. I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, there is a very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com, input the word Cutline in the discount option, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Woo. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. Of course, we've got to give a shout-out to PJ and Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups, better lineups, both Zach and I's process start with these two sources, and they give us a huge leg up when compared to the rest of the industry. You like winning. You like the fuego. Use your resources, guys. Use your resources. So, speaking of that, real quick. I keep producing this showdown model, and man, the thing is crushing. Fire. Now, first of all, if you're a part of Fanshare Sports, you get a better version of the model, which allows you to filter every which way and includes a variety of additional stats, um, more in-depth hand-building model. So, if you haven't gone to Fanshare Sports, make sure you do so. Secondly, how do you use it? Now, I keep getting this, answer, this question on Twitter, and the answer is simple. Do it any way you want to. Any factor, anything you want to filter is up to you. If you feel approach game is pivotal, well, filter out the guys who have higher than zero in approach for the week. And then you can make modifications with off the tee, tee to green, around the green, putting, etc. And it gives you an ability to decipher who's going to be chalk, where there are key pivots. And for street, three straight tournaments now, I've dominated the showdown. So make sure you are accessing that. You just make a copy on Google uh, Google Drive, and there you go, man. You got your showdown model right there. Now these are not projections; these are way to analyze the slate and how players are playing. 
I love that I can easily identify the chalk and the pivots from these chalk. So for you GPP guys, you're welcome. It's fire. If you're not using it, you're wrong. Use the tool. Play around with it. Don't be the tool. Use the tool. Play with your tool. Play with your tool. <laughs> Always. Devlin McGregor gave you Pervasic. PGA Tour is going to give you the Honda Classic. Ooh. That was intentional. <laughs> we go to Florida. And it finally seems that DraftKings is delivering a field that is just way too weak when looking at the past few weeks. Winners in this field include Ricky Fowler, Russell Henley, Killa, Keith Mitchell, and Patrick Harrington. But nothing is more important than the course breakdown. Zach, what are the golfers looking at this weekend? Oh, baby. PGA National, southeast Florida, about 80 miles north of Miami. Also, just south of Jupiter for your geography buffs. At a par 70, shorter course this week, coming in at just about 7,125 yards. But... An extremely difficult course. It ranks 5th of 49 courses last year in difficulty and usually finishes about one stroke over par. So that's mainly thanks to holes 16 through 18, known as the Bear Trap. Should be an interesting, interesting course. There are only two par 5s on the course, so we'll see a lot of par 4s and a lot of opportunities from a certain range, which we'll get into. Uh, Bermuda grass, you've got some thick rough. Right now it's only about 2 inches. Uh, but we could see grow a little bit before before we start. What's really important is there are 67 bunkers and a ton, 15 holes that have water in play. So you know you think you guys are safe, and then they hit a stretch and dunk a couple, and then they're below the cut line. And see you later. We should see some. This is probably one of the best tournaments when we see cut cut line sweats on Friday. I mean, it is just nuts. People just drop. If you're coming into 16 and 18 and you need just par to break even and make it through a cut, good luck. I hope you have good nerves. Uh, what we're also going to see this week, which we haven't seen really over the past, I can't remember the last time we've had to use this, but the wind looks like it might be quite the factor, which wind and water should make quite the hell of a tournament. I'm like really excited to watch this because it should be a nail biter and probably, hopefully not depressing for everybody who takes our picks because we're going to pick guys who can play in the wind, which is extremely important this week. But on Thursday and Friday, we're looking at anywhere between 12 and 15 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts up to 20 miles an hour. And that's pretty much Monday or morning through night. So really no clear-cut advantage. Uh, you might see a little bit of one on Friday afternoon where it drops down to 9 miles an hour, but not enough to really make a difference. Uh, and then going into the weekend, it's still, even Saturday, expected to be gusts almost in the mid-20s to upper 20s. So it should be quite interesting to see how ball flight and wind and water all mix together to provide quite the entertaining weekend of golf. So that should be fun. No rain in, in the forecast this week, so it should be fine there. Attempts in the low 50s, mid 50s, and potentially low 60s. So great weather for golf. Um, should be great. So for me, for the course, what I'm looking at: uh, strokes gained approach, ball striking, GIR's gain, strokes gained tee to green, and then I'm focusing in on par four from 400 to 450 because there's seven holes that fall uh, within that range. So I'm going to hope to key in on those. Uh, I'm also going to throw that into a mixed condition model and look at guys who play in moderate and above wind. Uh, and then I'll also be looking at some of their performances on Bermuda courses as a whole. Um, I'm going to lean on course history a little bit here because of how difficult and stressful 16 through 18 can be. Uh, guys who haven't played before, I'm going to rank a little bit lower if it's a tiebreaker. Um, so that's what I'm looking at for this week. And I think you might be under the same line of thinking for some of it. 
Yeah, for a lot of it, actually. I, I, I think that the wind is going to be a massive factor here, at least right now. You know, the weather mm -hmm. always changes, so keep an eye on that. That's very, very, very important. But um, some key stats that I'm looking at, ball striking, scrambling around the green. Um, greens and regulation gain and strokes gained approach, um, especially around the green. Uh, my own putting model kind of takes that into account, so if mm -hmm. you are looking for the putting stats... There are seven holes, like you mentioned, from that 400 to 450 range, so I will be weighting that as well, even though I will not be weighting it probably as heavily as you do, but, um, you know, that is a factor. Of course, win players, man, and if you can find that wave that's going to kick ass, take names, you're doing mass multi-entry, check out the AM waves and PM waves. You never know how quickly weather can change. could be beneficial, helpful, or not, so. I really look at, I mean, just thinking about it, too, like guys who start that are going to end Friday afternoon on the 16th or 18th. I think that might be a, a way to differentiate as well. If you've got guys coming in there, even if it's not windy, it's still stress. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. With the bear trap, it, it yeah, it's broken some players before. Especially uh, if you haven't if they haven't played here and they're going to end there, and I would just avoid it, honestly. Yeah. So these two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. Well, this takes us to our one putt, two putt, three putt, birdie or better segment where Zach and I will take each tier of golfer and evaluate who the best plays are. So we're going to kick it off with that 11 to 10K range. Zach, my man, you usually hate this upper range. Yeah. But who you got this week? Uh, I got two. And I'll just pick one, really. And I think by far my favorite player this week is, unfortunately, the highest price one is Tommy Fleetwood. To me, uh, he's been playing some fantastic golf. I mean, we saw an 18th last week and an 11th and a second a couple weeks ago. Uh, and even looking at course history, he's only played here once, but he came in fourth. So... I mean, for a guy just coming into this course, it's pretty difficult, and pulling off a fourth place in 2018 last year, I think is, a, or two years ago, is fantastic. Um, he grades out incredible across the board. He's third in the par four of 400 to 450 range. He's second in tee to green over the last 36 rounds. Fourth in ball striking. Twelfth in GIR's gain. Uh, I mean, to me, he's just a phenomenal play. and I think there's enough down in the 7Ks and the 6Ks where I'm not really sacrificing anything, but I gain the potential for a winner. And then when you look at wind play, I mean, he gains one and a half strokes in the highest wind condition, and even one stroke in moderate wind. So, I don't know. To me, Fleetwood just seems like a must play if I'm playing anyone in this range. There's there's like maybe one other guy I'd consider, but I'm leaning heavily towards just, just going with Fleetwood. I like the Tommy Fleetwood call. I think because of his pricing... You look at this field, he's going to have lower suppressed ownership. Never have I ever seen Tommy Fleetwood at the top of the pack. Never, at, yeah. At 11.6, it is going to be such a pivot to go to Tommy Fleetwood. Now, the only thing that I'm going to be conscientious of come Wednesday is that if everyone's going to be saying every tout that we know is going to go, I got to go Tommy Fleetwood because it's such a contrarian play. Well, there goes that contrarian edge. It's gone. It's absolutely gone and becomes a fade, which kind of sucks because you get some really unique builds with him at 11.6. Yep. So in my overall model, Fleetwood ranks number three. Um, the only cause of concern I have 
for, for is the lack of experience here at the Honda. I mean, he did have a fourth place finish in 2018, but that's it in the last um, six years. The other thing, putting on Bermuda. Never has been has he ever been a strong putter on Bermuda. That's okay. But yeah, you never know when that short stick will get hot. Uh, who else you got in this range? I only, I mean, I don't really, I don't really like anybody else. I have a little bit of interest in Gary Woodland at ten three. Uh, I think he's a little underpriced for a guy who's never missed the cut here. Because uh, I do like the course history here. I mean, in the last four years, he's his best finish is a second in twenty seventeen. Uh, but he also has a sixth way back in 2011. And other than that, he's always made the cut. But I think just waiting that is a little too heavy for a guy who's who's 10-3. Uh, and he ranks out number 22 overall for me. So, I don't know. I have some interest in playing a little bit of Gary Woodland. But I, I really, the more I think about it, I'm just going to either stick with Fleetwood or, or jump down to the AKs. Yeah, Gary Woodland of these top four, you know, the big four we like to call him, ranks yeah. probably third for me. I think he's going to end up becoming the chalk donkey just because he's so affordable, and in most models, he's going to rank very high. I mean, my overall model, he ranks number five. In my aggregate model, number 14, which is just like science to say, hey, play me, play me, play me. Um, but you look at his course, his, his course history here at the Honda, he's only had an average place at 37th. You know, he has a second place in 2017, but other than that, really hasn't done that well. And I think people are going to look at that WGC Mexico place of 12th, of 12th and kind of overweight it. I don't like using WGC events in my recent form models. I, they get four rounds against a field that has four rounds against people. You know, it gets a smaller field. It's just, it's just not really fair in my eyes. So. Fair enough. You got anybody else that you think are uh, Last guy is going to kind of be one of those op- op- opposing narrative plays, and that's Brooks Kepka. I. I'm hoping a lot of touts get dumb and silly and play. Oh, I'm not playing Brooks Koepka because, you know, he only shows up for majors. Bullshit. Bullshit on this one, okay? This is a guy who finished second place last year, 26 in 2016 and 33rd in 2014. Has an average finishing position of 28th only because of the missed cut in 2017. So that's four or five made cuts here. I could see Kepka really kind of figuring things out, trying to get his game in tune for the Masters, but potentially winning this tournament at 11-2. I hope Kepka goes under-owned. If he's under 15%, he will be in my lineups. Are you not worried about his knee? No. Oh, man. I can't do it, man. I, I think I don't think Brooks is going to be the same this year. I really don't. I mean, when he came out and said that he kind of hid the knee injury and how long his recovery was and that he may never be 100% again. I don't know. I I think at any time he's a, he, he could go the Jason Day like, oh, crap, but my knee really hurts and I'm out. We haven't even seen that yet. How can you just assume that he's going to no, be he like... No, he did. He did. He did it in Dubai. He shot a 66 and then he followed the next round by a 73 and he, in, in the post-interview he was like, oh, my knee really is like all, all screwed up. And then when they they uh, what was it? A couple weeks later, a couple weeks ago, actually, he came, he was on the some golf podcast or something, and he was like, "I'm still in a lot of pain. My knee's not 100, percent and I don't think it'll ever be 100. percent It's one of those things I'm just trying to fix every day." So I don't know. I, I, that really concerns me when he comes out and kind of admits that. I'm not gonna. I, I get the cause of concern. I'm not going to take the Jason Day approach 
You know, I'm not going to handle him with white gloves. But I do think it's more, it's an actual real injury as opposed to Jason Day's kind of Walt Disney World injury. The Walt Disney World BS crap. Right. I, I, I think he's actually, I think he's actually hurt. It's something to pay attention to. I'll, I'll give you that. And I think come, you know, come Wednesday night, taking a look at your lineup build and lineup construction, I mean, let's just say that this narrative takes off, right? The injury narrative takes off. Yeah. And you get his ownership sub 10%. There's no way you fade Brooks Kepka and GPP at sub 10%. And, I mean, you're, not, you're looking at decent weather, too. It's not like it's going to be cold and all this other crap, which could, could hurt him, but you never know. I, I, it's something I'm keeping an eye on, but... I read a lot about it earlier this week, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Well, it's it, it's it's something to keep your eye out, like you mentioned, and, you know, we'll go from there. I, I like Brooks. Ranks high in my models. Shows up well. So I'm most definitely going to end up having Brooks Kepka, and I really hope that people fade him. I will be one of those people. All right. Let's go down to that 9K <laughs> range. Let's go to that 9K range. I'm sure you have a ton of love in this range. Not. No, you're right. Not. Um, who you got? I have one guy, and I don't I don't like his price. Billy Horschel at 9,200. He doesn't even grade out well for me. He's, he, overall, if I'm looking at the last like 36 rounds, uh, he's 65th, which is like, why are you even considering him? But kind of looking at his recent form, 9th at WGC, 9th at the Waste Management, uh, his Tita Green game was really what put it together, uh, which is what you need here. And then you look at his course history, and he's another one of those guys that, you know, has played here a fair amount of times. Um, and he's kind of hit or miss. So he's like boomer bust. So 16th last year, miscut the year before, and then 4th, 8th, the two preceding years. So he's got what it takes, and he's in the right form to get one of those top 5, top 10 finishes. But for a 9200, I just think it's a risk. So I think it's a GPP play, and I don't I don't know about where he sits, how his ownership's going to shake out. Because I, I don't know if people are going to pay 9300 for Sanjay and 9500 for Hovland coming off the Hovland coming off the win. And then below him, there's not really anybody I'm interested in either. So I, I don't know. If I have to pick somebody, it's Billy Horschel, but I don't think I'm going to have a lot of exposure in the 9Ks. I'm with you on Billy Horschel. The problem is I think a lot of people are going to be on Billy Ho. Exactly, and then and if that's the case, there's, I can't. But the thing is, you look at his history here; it's so volatile, right? Three yeah. missed cuts, two top tens, and a top twenty. And he's not a good wind player, so I like I have to go back and look at the wind and see like if it was windy those times he got top tens, and I haven't done that because I don't really want to, and I don't really want to play him. And I feel like if I do do some research and it was windy, then I'm gonna get sucked in, and he's gonna miss the cut anyway. Yeah, and people are going to own Sanjay, too. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. He's too much. You think? He's too much. 9,300 for Sanjay? Yeah, but you got to compare him to the field. Neiman is 87. He's missed one cut this year at the Genesis where he just played awful. Other than that, he's been averaging top 25 position. And that's not including last weekend's WGC yeah, Mexico. That's not good. that's not good enough. For that price. And, and he's only played... Like last year here, he got 51st. Right, but that's all he's, he's played here. I think I think his ceiling is like a 30th. 
I just I just don't I just don't at his at his at his price for this course specifically I'd say his implied projection would be about 80 points yeah 80 DraftKings points that's a lot man with this with this course where that's 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 the implied projection like uh, we're looking at eight and a half eight and a half times at at 9300 right I got him currently projected at 68 so I think that's reasonable so it's it's so it's low. Like I got Hovland projected for more. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I just don't see I, I don't see it for for Sanjay this week. I really don't. I, I love Sanjay and I think he makes the cut. I just don't think he he can pay off that price tag. All right. So those are two nine K guys that I have some interest in. I don't know how much I'll end up with. Um, of course, the wind's going to be huge if it's windy. Billy Horschel's out for me, but. Yeah. A guy who I'm having my eye on as a, as a just a bounce back spot is Louis. Ooh, I mean he was everyone's favorite last week and finished in 51st. Let a lot of lineups down, including mine in my main slate. But look, course history says enough. 24th, 21st, those were harder years, stronger fields. I think Louis in a spot here where he's going to be a low owned sleeper. Especially at that price at 9700 that is expensive for Louis, and that 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 just is prime real estate for a guaranteed prize pool. Yeah, I and, and especially if it's windy. I mean, I get you. I see where you're going. It, he didn't make a cut for me, but I, I absolutely see your your angle. It just makes a lot of sense, right? It does. It does. It does. Uh, he doesn't fit for me, but I, I get it. So, and if you look at average strokes gained by round difficulty, he almost gains one stroke in just immensely tough, challenging courses, right? So this is something that we're going to look at, and historically he does well. Now, I mean, he was abysmal last week. Lost almost 13 strokes tee to green, five strokes off the tee, three strokes in approach, 5.2 strokes around the green. The only thing he could do, it seemed, was putt. But sometimes a change of scenery is good, and I think it's going to be great here for Louis. I mean, and, and to be fair, before the WGC last weekend, he had not been on a PGA Tour course since November when he was at the HSBC. So it was kind of like his tournament back, and I'm just looking for a bounce-back spot. I think it's it's a good call. No, I'm with you. I, 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 like the, I, I see the appeal for sure. All right, we're gonna we're gonna jump down now to that 8K range, and you have a lot of options here. It's it's a loaded 8K field, and I think a lot of lineups are gonna be kind of made and busted in this 8K 7K range. Yep. So I, I'm gonna start with Benny on man. Oh, I'm with you 100% on that one. And he's gonna be chalky for sure, anywhere from that 15 to 20 even maybe 25% depending on how much he's talked up, but he ranks number one in my overall model, number three in my aggregate model, and my FX model number six. Of course, we worry about putting, but we're going to worry about putting for a lot of these guys, but what we're not going to be worrying about is his off-the-tee game. Ranks number one off-the-tee for me. Love his approach game here. Finished in fifth in 2018, 36th last year. So far this year, two or three made cuts. And a 29th place finish last week. One top 10 at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So the, the Honda Classic is beginning to have the appeal of the party drinking atmosphere. The fact that Benny Ahn has already been successful in that kind of environment. 
only helps reinforce the fact that I think he's a solid play this week. I can't disagree with you. I, I absolutely love that pick. So, um, another guy I have in this range at the 9Ks is Joaquin Neiman. Uh, ranks 10th in my fantasy national model in the last 50 rounds. But the thing I like most, 6th in approach in the field, 19th in greens and regulation gains, 16th in that par 4, 400 to 450 range. Now, he does struggle around the greens. That 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 is something that I'm going to be worried about, and he's a tough scrambler. To, to, to It's a tough pill to swallow. Long story short, that if he's spraying, it's going to be a short tournament for him. You know, he'll be done on Friday. But Yeah, yeah. Um, historically, Neiman is not played here, except for last year where he finished 59th. So you're not getting a lot of background data here, but he did make the cut, so we know he can get through that cut line, except you're paying $8,700 price tag this time, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, I, I think it's too much. I, I liked him in my first cut too, but when I, he's just not playing well enough for me to want to pay that here. He had a fifth, like, what, a month and a half ago? But I don't know. I pass. I got other guys. I got way too many guys in this range that I like that he just doesn't make it. He makes it initially, but I don't think he's going to make it more than one or two shares. Well, it just it, it makes it concerning, like, who you pay for here in terms of lineup construction. Because you look at last year, right? Killer Keith won it. He was 6,700, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then you had Ricky and Brooks second and third, but then you had Ryan Palmer was 72, Glover was 88, VJ was 6,300, you know, Hoon Lee was 6,200, Wyndham Clark was 7,400, and Furyk was 7,000. That wraps, that rounds out the top 10, right? So only yeah. two guys were above 9K. That's crazy. You know, one guy was in the 8K range, so... And I think we'll see that again this one. I think we really, the top 10 will be... I mean, you could make a lineup without any of the 10K guys and easily take this thing down. But, you know, the argument here is that you need a top guy because in 2018, 2017, 2016, all top guys won. You had Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, right? So you can think of DraftKings pricing. Yeah, but look, those guys dominated that season. Well, I mean, what are you going to say that... What do you have here? You have nobody that's like a, a immense force. You got Brooks with a bum-ass knee. You got... Fleetwood, Fowler, who's, eh, I don't think he's the Fowler of Fowler. Woodland, eh. Justin Rose, who's been playing like garbage. And that, that's it. That's your top five guys. I mean, they could still win. That's the thing. Anybody can win here. I really think, especially with this wind, I think it's going to be out of control this week. And you could create any concoction of good players and, and take this down, regardless of salary. All right. So I mentioned Benny on. I mentioned Neiman. Who else do you have in this 8K range? Uh, I'll go to a guy that I had on my 6K list uh, a couple weeks ago, and that is Luke List at 8K. Uh, he ranks 19th overall for me, and that's because he's pretty much in the mid tw- uh, mid to high 20s, ranks in every stat, uh, which I like. Uh, and looking at his course history, he missed the cut last year, but he had a second in 27 or 2018, a 52nd in 17, and a 10th uh, the year before that. So three out of four times he made the cut, and out of those, he's top 10 twice. So I'm good with that. Looking at his recent form. Uh, he had a 30 a couple weeks ago, and then a 25th, and a 36. So he's in fairly good form. Uh, for 8K, I think he I can throw him in a couple lineups and, and be happy with where he, he ends up. Uh, he's got the course history here to make a run in the top 10, which if he does, is just icing on the cake. Uh, but really, I'm looking for like a top 20 finish, and I think he can he can do that. 
for the wind, I mean, he is... He plays the best when it's really windy. Game's over about a half a stroke, so that that's another positive in his favor. So I'll have a fair amount of Luke Lewis. I'll probably be a little bit overweight. Uh, he's never really highly owned. Uh, we saw him just under 5% at the Genesis, but before that, uh, in 2020, he hadn't topped a single digit percentage yet. So I figured he'd be around 5%, and I'm good with about 10% exposure to him. I like that call. I think, I think there's valid... Our validity in that call. Two, two, two guys that I want to mention that are excellent win players here in this AK range. And I, I think that they are going to go, well, at least one of them will go way overlooked. Other, so, so, Grio will be popular just because of the name. Oh, yeah. But um, Ian Poulter. Yeah, that's a good call. I, you, know, you know, he didn't make my list, but you're, you're absolutely right. Ian Poulter is, I think, a very sneaky call. First of all, Course history, 3rd in 2015, 43rd in 2016, 43rd in 2017, and then a missed cut in 2018. We're not seeing a lot of Ian Poulter because he's playing on the Euro Tour right now. And his most recent results at the Saudi, finished tied for 17th. Then at the Dubai, finished tied for 16th. And, of course, at the Abu Dhabi, he missed the cut. The last time that we saw him on tour, the Zozo, back in October, where we have no strokes gained course Dea. Now, before that, we did see him at the BMW Championship. And, of course, the season ended for him there. Um, I think Ian Poulter is a great play. He's a great win player, especially being a Euro player. It's a sneaky play. It's going to be a sub-8% ownership play as of right now. I think Poulter's solid. He's a guy who can win this tournament at 8,500. That's a really good... You know, he didn't make my list, and I don't know why. But not, when you were mentioning him, I went back and just kind of ran through everything and... For, he grades out, if I look at the last 36 rounds, number one in par four, 400 450. And that alone is an incredible stat for 8,500. So I will definitely be adding him into my pool. And the last guy I want to mention is M, uh, is Grio. And I know we keep going back to this well of, God, when's he going to come through? But I just don't want to miss that boat. I don't want to miss the win. You know, I, I want to get the one win, get the one where he just dominates. He's brutal, which I think is going to suppress ownership. I mean, one of four missed cuts, right? Mm-hmm. He he finished 21st at the Sony. Since then, three straight missed cuts because he's just been awful. But he did finish third last week at the uh, Puerto Rican Open. Is that fair? Is that real? I mean, Hovland won. I mean, solid. Kyle Stanley was tied for third as well. I'm not buying it, man. I'm just not. I'm not going to buy the Puerto Rico. Oh, he, he finished top three. No. I, I, I wish that he hadn't because I think this is a great course for him. He actually grades out number one overall when I combine everything together for me, which is – and he, last time I played him, he burned the shit out of me. But I'm still – I think this is it. I think this is the spot for him. If there's any ever a spot for Griot to bounce back and win something, it's right here in, a, in the wind. Well, we know the risk. His green, his, his game around the green, his putting is oh, atrocious. So, yeah. so just know the risk you're taking when you roster Grio. Yep. All right. Anybody else in this AK range that you have any interest in? Like, like Corey Connors, nope. Chuck I do have interest in Connors, but not enough to really. I think he'll get cut from my list, honestly. I like Benny on Grio and List the most, and I think they will be my 8k plays and i think i'll just have a variety of 7kers 
All right, so let, let's move on to that 7K. This is the last section of our Birdie or Better segment. Kick it off, man. Uh, to me, I'm looking at a guy I think has a decent chance to bounce back after missing two straight cuts at the Genesis and the, and, and Pebble Beach at the Pro-Am. Um, for 7,600, he grades out fourth for me overall, and it's Russell Knox, which is kind of shocking. Uh, but when I look at his last 36 rounds, he is second on approach, Ninth in GIRs gained, 11th strokes gained key degree, and 6th in that par 4, 400 to 450 range. Um, his history here is kind of up and down. Last year he had 51st, two missed cuts before that, and a 26th. But then the two years prior to that, he back-to-back with a 3rd and a 2nd. So he's played here his fair share of the last 7 years. And so he knows the course, he's comfortable. Uh, he's been trending downward after missing the last two cuts. We've seen him on tour, but finally took a break after six straight weeks of PGA golf. So I'm hoping that he's gonna come off this break rested into a place he knows he's played here before and done well in the past. Uh, and I think this would be a great spot for him to bounce back. So I'll have a fair amount of Russell Knox this week. And I'm hoping that that's a good call. Yet I have Russell Knox highlighted as well. Fourth in my overall rank, 13th in my FX rank, and 13th in my aggregate model. Kind of the same mantra we've been talking about here with these guys. Like these are the type of players that struggle putting on Bermuda but you look at that volatile course history with the second and third place finish 2014 2015 and then two missed cuts 2017 2018 when he did make the cut an average finishing position at 21st more than pays off at 7600 um in recent form is not terrible but he has two missed cuts at the genesis and AT&T pebble pro-am so um I got him projected right now for around 60 He's not the highest in this 7K range, but most definitely someone that I'm going to have some interest in. What ownership is too much ownership, though, for Russell Knox? 10%. Yeah, man. I think I think he's just a name that everyone knows, and he's going to be above 10% here. Uh, if he is, then I don't play him. But I want to play him. But tied 10% is probably my limit on that. A guy I'm not going to go really in-depth in who kind of fits that same mold is Harris English. Whoever you get your ownership projections from, if these guys are above 10%, I'm not going to be sold on being overweight on those guys, but I'm not also going to fade them here either. So, um, a guy I want to mention, Adam Shank, man. Adam Shank, 7,500, ranks 39th in my overall model, but what I like about him is the fact that he's had a 29th and 30th place finish here, and at 7,500, he's one of those guys who's coming with three of five made cuts in his recent form. Did miss at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which kind of concerns me because of that party atmosphere. Is that something that distracts him? Was he just off his game? Um, that that That's something I'm going to go do a little bit more research in. But I do think Adam Shank at 7,500 is a solid play. Again, we talked about the volatility of the top 10 and a lot of these mm-hmm. 7,000 range guys. One thing is, though, he's not the best like wind player. But where he makes up for it is putting on Bermuda, his best putting surface. Yes, yeah, agree. I, I didn't even consider Shank. I might have to go back and think about that one. Well, I'm going to say this. There's a lot of guys I'm considering that you're not considering, I've, which which means that we are on complete different ends of the spectrum here, and one of we, us is going to be money, and one of us is going to be stone cold. And it's interesting broke. because pretty much up to the 7K range, we have the same guys. Yeah. That's true. And then we hit 7K, and it just goes a completely different direction, which is interesting because we run, we 
run two totally different models, but we were on the same guys all the way up to this point. Which usually we're either on the same or off the same. It's weird that it, it all of a sudden drops here. Well, we've mentioned Harris English, we mentioned Russell Knox, Adam Shank. Who else you got in the seven K range? Because it, it it is vast. I'll tell you a guy that I'm interested in and I wish he was a hundred dollars cheaper. Um, I'll just read this real quick. So in twenty nineteen, leading up to the Honda, he started at the farmers, miscut. Missed cut at the AT&T program, got 25th at Genesis, 35th at the Puerto Rican Open, and then a 7th at the Honda. We look at coming into this year, missed cut at the Farmers, missed cut at the WMPO, a 13th at the Genesis, and as of last week, he had a, I believe it was a third, 14th at the Puerto Rican Open. So he is pretty much in the same form he was when he got 7th last year, and he is 6, 7K, and it's Kyung Hoon Lee, which doesn't really jump off the stats. He doesn't really pop on, shouldn't pop on most people's models. He makes 61st overall for me. But if I'm looking at patterns um, and even lead-in form, it's exactly the same as it was here last year when he got seventh. And he's played this course one other time back in 2015 where he got eighth. So he's played here twice and he's top 10 here twice. And he's coming in after back-to-back top 15s. Uh, so I have extremely high interest uh, in Kian Hoon Lee He's also not a bad wind player. He's actually better than the field when it's windy and moderate or higher. He's also, Bermuda is his best putting surface. So he's never been over half a percent owned in the last four events. I think I will have at least 5%. Uh, I'm very confident in him making the cut. And I really, really wish he was 6K because he would have been my monster for sure. Dude, you're stealing my boy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious how many people sleep on him. I, I, I don't think they realize that he finished 13th at, at the Genesis. I'll be honest with you. I didn't until I started digging into his, his history. So, and, and what makes him such an interesting play is that his, he has such an elite off the tee game. And with all the water in play, if yeah, you man. avoid those stroke penalties and hitting it and spraying it, Kyung Lee is a solid play, especially if he can finish top 10 at 7K. Oh, it's crazy. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. Crazy. All right. Crazy. The guy I'm going to mention at 7,300 is Bud Cauley. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, here's the thing, man. Like, you look at this 7K range, right? And I think I've mentioned all three chalk donkeys. I, I don't see how Harris English, Russell Knox, and Bud Cauley don't own the 7K range in terms of ownership percentage, but... I don't think it's enough to sway you off him. Bud Cauley ranks 11th in my overall model, 4th in my aggregate model, 17th in my putting model, 29th in my approach model, and 27th in my fairway model. So that's top 30 in every single model I have where I'm evaluating the slate. (laughs) On top of that, finished 12th last year, missed the cut in 2018, 2017, made the cut, finished 27th. Okay, I'll take that for a 7,300 Bud Cauley. Three out of five missed, uh, made cuts this year. A fourth place at the American Express. 25th at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And, of course, a 51st at the Genesis. Um, Genesis, a, co- a tougher course and a tougher field. I'm not surprised he finished as low as he did. Bud Colley, man, if he's above 10%, obviously walk with caution. But I think he's in play. Yeah, I, I do like Colley. My only concern is the par four range where he... For me, over the last 36 rounds, he's really kind of struggled. He's ranked 91st in the field. Uh, I mean, 91st overall uh, in that category. So 
I'm a little concerned there, but otherwise I think he lines up pretty well. Well, I don't want to beat to death this 7K range, so I'm just going to nah. name some other guys, like Taylor Gooch. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's some interest there for me. Jim Furyk is going to be popular, but just fits this course so well. Um, the question is, has age caught up to Furyk? But his, his game isn't something that's going to be affected, like with the long ball. He's never hit the ball far. So, yeah. so it's something to be interested in. It's a name here that everyone knows at 7,100. Ninth in 2019, 46th in 2018. And, of course, the last guy I'm going to mention, Cameron Tringale. Uh, I like I like him. Not bad calls. I've got a couple. Um, just like you, I won't, I won't kind of hammer this home, but there's a couple other ones that I probably have a little bit of exposure to. Uh, Rory Sabatini for shorter courses usually pops out for me. Uh, Kevin Streelman is kind of interesting, but not as much. Uh, Keegan Bradley, although he can't putt to save his life, he does grade out well for this for this course, so I will have a little bit of exposure. Um, and then Lucas Glover, I do have a little teeny bit of interest in. Uh, but other than that, I'm pretty much going to be heavy on the guys I mentioned and then kind of rotate them through with the upper guys. Well, that a wrap up. Wrap up. Wrap up. Wrap up. tat tat. Wrap up the birdie or better segment. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this brings us to the cut the cut lines signature segment. Can't do it. Won't do it where Zach and I will break down the players that we feel will be 10% higher or owned or I can't talk anymore. 10% ownership or higher that we just can't play. Can't do it. Won't do it. Mm-hmm. All right, man, kick it off. Who you got? Brooks Kapka. Brooks fucking Kapka. Can't do it. Won't do it. Yes, he is an elite golfer. Yes, he is a major winner. I am not running the narrative where he doesn't show up for events. I, I came off that last year because I was wrong after wrong after wrong after time after time after time. But coming off the Tour Championship where he finished third back in August, he admitted his knee was an issue. He had a stem cell injection. And ever since then, he is not consistent. And you need to be consistent for four straight rounds here if you're going to win this thing. Especially if you're going to top five at the price that Brooks Kepka is. I don't think he's fully healed off the, the interview from two weeks ago where he admitted that he may never be 100% again, which is hugely concerning from a guy who's already in his head saying he may never play the same way he used to play. Uh, I can't pay that much for Brooks Kepka. I don't even care if he wins this thing. I am not on the Brooks Kepka train this year until this injury thing is 100% cleared up. I don't think he wins. I don't think he top tens. Uh, I'd really be interested to see if he even makes the cut. Um, I can't do it. I want none of Brooks Kepka. God, I hate it when you sound like right. <laughs> I just can't do it. I, I hope that everybody just is like Brooks Kepka. He should be number one, but he's not in his second price, so I'm going to jump on him. I hope everybody does. Zach Manafort, MD. And I, I have diagnosed his swing. All right, that- no, I haven't. I have not, but. The can't do it I'm going to call is kind of the same premise as DJ last week, and that's going to be Ricky Fowler. I think he's just naturally draws attention. Of course, you look at his course history. He's got three top tens in the last four years here at the Honda. That just screams plus ownership. 
A lot of people are going to, you know, be conscientious of his recent form. I don't care, man. It's Ricky Fowler. He's always popular. There's a limited choices up here at the top. I mean, come on. If people are going to pick a golfer here at the top, are they going to pick Fleetwood or are they going to pick Fowler? They're going to go straight to Ricky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hope so. Once his ownership gets above that 20% threshold, it's a fade. It's a hard fade for me. If he wins, he wins. It bites me in the ass. I really don't give a shit. But Ricky Fowler can't do it. I'm with you 100% on that one. Can't disagree. All right. So my next can't do it is Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer is going to be way too expensive for an $8,300 golfer and a guy who just doesn't rank out well in my model. $8,300, I got him right now projected for above 10%. I got him ranked 51st in my overall model, 41st in my aggregate model. He ranks 110th in the putting model. Now, where he does succeed is approach game in fairway and greens, and I think he's going to pop on a lot of models. But, of course, the Honda Classic history is what makes Ryan Palmer so popular. Fourth place finished last last year, missed the cut, then 37, 26, 25th, and a second in 2014. That's an average finishing position of 19th place. But three or four made cuts with an average finishing position 31st, struggled at the Genesis with a 67th, was at his peak at the Sony with a fourth place finish and at the Farmers with a 21st. I think that little hot streak for Ryan Palmer has ended. Ryan Palmer can't do it for $8,300. Can't do with it. With you, 100,000 million percent. Uh, yeah, can't, I can't. can't do the it. only thing that makes me hesitant, he's such a good win player. True, he is. But I don't think that offsets all the other atrocities. All right. Anyone else can't do it? Yeah, you. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take one. Um, and I wish that we had played a little bit more of the Puerto Rican Open because I I really liked Hovum last week to win, and he did. So uh, coming off a win, coming into a party area, and a guy who's never played this course, who's only 22 years old. Uh, I don't know. Winner's high. I'm just I am want no part of Victor Hovum this week. Great golfer. I think he'll have many more wins to come, and we may even see him win here in the future. But I am not paying 9500 for a guy who's never played here before, coming off a great win, uh, and potentially just living his life and loving it up this week. In in the wind. So, no, I'm good. I'm not going to pay for him. Also, he loses over a stroke around in windy, super windy conditions. <laughs> Fair enough. Forgot to, forgot to mention that part. But, yeah, limited data, but, yeah, no thanks. Fair enough. So my last can't do it, a guy who always seems to gather some ownership, and I'm going to continue to play the don't play PXG narrative, and that is Jason Kokrak. Jason Kokrak in my overall model ranks 19th, and my aggregate model ranks 6th, but these are all based on past stats, not necessarily this year's stats. And we know that this year, the guy has made one of four cuts where he finished 21st at the Farmers. Other than that, a missed cut last weekend at the Mexico. 51st. His course history here is suspect at best. Two missed cuts with the 41st and the 9th. I really hope people see that 9th place finish, see that Jason Kokrak is 7,500, and they are just drawn to the upside there. But he is a hard fade. Can't do it. No thank you, Jason Kokrak. And it's too bad, man. I really like Kokes. I'm with you, too. I, I like him, but I, I know. No, 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 no. No thanks. All right, anyone... Last year, yes, but this year, no. Anyone else in can't do it? Anyone else he can't play? I was going to say Sanjay, but... No, I'm going to say Sanjay. I can't pay that price for Sanjay. I just don't think... 
His ceiling is above 30. He's way too expensive. Uh, I get it. He'll make the cut. He always makes the cut. But there's not going to be a lot of scoring here, and he needs scoring to win uh, to really put you ahead in, in your lineup. So I'm not paying that price for, for Sanjay this week. Can't do it. Fair enough. And that'll wrap up the can't do it, won't do it, the plays you should not play. Always fun. Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. Yeah, yeah. So this leads us into our MG Monsters and Guarantee, where Zach and I will take the 6K range, dissect it, and give you our monster, the player or players that we feel will finish in the top 25, and our guarantee, our 6K players that we guarantee are going to make the cut. Now, because last weekend was such a shit show in terms of having a monster and guarantee, I hate WGC events for that purpose. True. We're going to double up, brother. Two monsters, right. two guarantees, four points on the line. We're tied right now. Kick it off. Bro. I like it. Someone, someone's going to come away a winner this weekend. It's going to be me. And I'll, I'll go with the... Uh, Are we going guarantees or monsters first? I got Let's go guarantees first. Well, I'm going to start with Scott Brown. Uh, I think as my guarantee this week, coming off a of 67th last week and a second the week before after a string of... T- Terrible golf, missing the cut after time after time after time. Uh, course history here, his last four years he's made the cut. Uh, finished 20th last year, 46th, 57th, and 10th. Uh, so he knows the course well. He's comfortable here. Uh, he ranks 8th overall in my model in the 400 to 450 range. Uh, everything else, he's really not the best. So I don't even want to mention those stats because they're below 70. But on 7 holes, he grades out top 8. So I will... I will slide Scott Brown through at 6,500, uh, get me a little point there on the guarantee, and he has a ceiling of, you know, gets his game together, of maybe top 15, and at 6,500, that's a win. All right, Mike. Do, uh, do you want me to go my second, or do you want No, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak by. Go ahead. ahead. Uh, $6,900, Nick Watney. Ranks 23rd in my overall model, 11th in my aggregate model. Great putter on Bermuda, has a solid approach game, and he's decent off the tee in the field. Um, historically, five of five made cuts since 2014, with the 24th, 41st, 14th, 33rd, and 51st. I love the course history here. I think it's solid, an average finishing position of 33rd. I don't think he's good enough here to be a monster, but most definitely a guarantee. I think it's a safe call. Call me crazy, but I like safe calls. Nick Wanney is a guaranteed to make the cut. Very nice. And not bad in the wind either. No, he's not. All right. I will see your Nick Watney, and I will raise you a relatively unknown in the golf world of Tyler McCumber at 6,600. He grades out 36 overall for me, and I'm going to go the opposite route of Scott Brown here, where he, where McCumber grades out 104th in that par 4, 400, and 450 range. But he's 18th in tee to greens, 26th in ball striking, 37th on approach. Uh, he grades out 36 overall for me. He's been playing great golf. He's coming into this event 
a little bit rusted. He had a 32nd at Pebble Beach at the AT&T Pro-Am, 21st at the Farmers, 64th at the Amex. So he's three straight cuts. Uh, he's really only missed two cuts since last March. Um, so I am all about a little McCumber this week going through the cut line. I don't think he is the greatest GPP play because uh, I don't think he has a very high ceiling, but I do think he sneaks through, uh, and we'll see a finish in the mid-50s. Interesting. Interesting. All right, my last guarantee. Stuart Sink. Woo. Okay. I just, I just think it makes sense here at 6,700. He, he's a guy who can easily come in here, putt well on Bermuda like he always does, has a decent approach game. The only thing I worry about is his, is his off the tee game. But again, course history comes into play. Six of six made cuts, 58th and 2014th, uh, 75th in 2019. Obviously, last year was his worst finish, but an average finishing position of 44th. You look at his recent form, two or three made cuts, missed the cut at the American Express, but did make the cut at the Farmers. And at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, you're not going to see Stuart Sink top 25. It's highly unlikely, but I do like the fact that he can just easily make this cut, get through it, and be playing on Sunday. I will take that from Stuart Sink. Any cause of concern? Not really. In this 6K range, there's players who are great in the wind, and there are players who are bad in the wind. Sink's decent. So I'm going to take my chances on Stuart Sink as my second guarantee. I like that call. I like Sink. I think I think we'll end up matching. I think all four of our guarantees get through. But yeah, all right, it's monster time, baby. It's monster time. This is where the men are separated from the boys. All right, I'll go first. You first. I'm gonna steal your boy, John. Huh? Son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, and I can pick your guy because I'm smart. It's all right. All right. I'm going to let you have this one. First of all, John Ha is amazing in strong windy conditions. I love the fact that this wind right now and this weather is going to play to his favor. And people are going to look at John Ha and be like, who the hell is that? Oh, yeah. That's that guy that Zach always talks about that sucks balls. But guess hey, what? Last three times I called him, he made the cut. Damn it. Yeah, but you called him as a monster. True. All right. So. Average finishing position at the Honda, 29th, with a 17th in 2015, 14th place in 2016, and a 24th place in 2018. So we already have precedent for some monster action. He did miss the cut in 2017, and he did have a 59th here last year. Recent form, three of three straight made cuts. Reasons why we like him, he can put lights out on Bermuda. That's basically it. He's going to be low-owned. We are looking at sub Three percent, John. Huh. Sugar. And I will take that at top twenty-five. Sub two percent. No one rosters this guy ever. Nobody. John. Huh. You are my first monster. Top twenty-five. Boom. Drop the mic. I would usually, I would fight you to the death to pick him, but I would just like to bring up a point that last year at the Honda, he got fifty-ninth. This is the last time he made the cut that year. I mean, sorry, the last time he made the cut that month. And the only reason he made the cut is because he almost gained five strokes on approach. He has only gained strokes on approach one time since then, and that was at the Farmers because of his injuries and all of other stuff. So I think I'm gonna. I think this is not the week for Han, but I will. I will. We'll see. I am the Hall Whisperer. Damn it! I will retain that right for to my grave. 
Hey, he, so he did gain approach at the farmers. That's And then what happened the week after at the waste management? Well, it's a different environment. He lost four and a half. I'm going to take it, man. I'm going to take it. All right. I'm fair. I'm just giving fair warning that I'm telling you now. But either way. So my monster, which is going to put me one up on you when Mr. Han does not make it. Although I'm not as confident in this one. Uh, I hate going this way, but I kind of like it. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are, are we saying this is like an excuse? No, 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 no. I, I still think he has a, a, solid, a solid chance, but I like my other monster better. But I'm going to go with this one first because I think he's more on par with your pick of John Han this week. <laughs> Jared Duffner at 6,400. Now, he ranks 27th for me overall, which is still you mean, too shy. You mean Jason Duffner? Yeah, you know what I mean. Wait, who's Jared Duffner? I don't know. Who am I thinking about? Oh, my Lord. It's late. I'm jet lagged. Uh, Jason Duffner at 6,400. He ranks 27th, which is too short of the monster, but that's all right because he has history here of doing well. He missed the cut here last year, but he has 17th, a 14th, and two years before that, a 61st, and then a 17th. So three of the past five years, he would have nailed this monster. He has been playing kind of iffy golf in the last couple months. So he's been trending downward uh, with a 64th and a 62nd. But this is a great spot for him to bounce back because he is good in the wind and moderate and windy conditions. He gains just short of a stroke uh, on the field. So I like that. Uh, I like that his approach game is kind of been bouncing back and forth, but it seems all right. And his around the green game has been locked in uh, since the start of the year. Yes, he sucks at putting. I get it. I know, I understand, but the least terrible aspect of his game is Bermuda when it comes to putting. So I will hold on to that hope that a sub 0.5% Jason, God, why are you saying Jared? Jason Duffner will make top 25. I like the Duffner call, and I will have him. Ooh. I don't disagree with you at all on that. And I, and, and you know what? I hope he top, top 25s it. Absolutely. I do too. All right, my last. Right, who's your number? Th number two. My last monster, who obviously is my number two, um, don't have as much confidence in Cameron Percy as I should. But when you look at his overall stats, he's 14th in my overall rank, 15th in my FX model, 27th in my aggregate model. Middle of the road in terms of putting on Bermuda historically, but a middle of the road approach game and kind of like start of the lower half in terms of his fairway game. Course history here, very limited. Missed the cut in 2017, but the fact is he's played here. So because of that, I like the fact that he can come in and start showing some Cameron Percy top 25 action. Recent form, suspect as well. So we are going to look at a very low-owned Cameron Percy, but just because of the name, it is going to garner some ownership. So we are looking at about 4 to 5% ownership. Um, Projection-wise, I'm looking at an applied projection of about 55 course that's saying he doesn't finish in the top 25 but i like cameron percy here i think he's a sneaky monster call his intangibles rank well where i have questions is his win game of course he's never been great in the win but as long as he gets through the cut saturday and sunday he could end up dominating this course yeah no i don't i don't dislike that i, I do like that angle because he doesn't pop. he won't pop but i think for all those reasons i think you're right all right your last monster oh and i, I just I don't get it. I don't get his stats and why he does well here, but he does. Um, so I'm, I'm taking him. And I think at 6K, a 
bare bones 6K. I, I don't know why what DraftKings is doing here, but VJ Singh at 6K. No. Okay. Yeah. He's okay. He's 57. I get it. He's old as time. Sure. He hasn't played a lot of golf recently. Sure. But last year he came in sixth at the Honda. He gained nine point, oh, a little over nine strokes. Okay. Sure. You know what? He hadn't played the Honda for three years. Guess what? He came in three years before that. Sixth, where he gained nine strokes. I mean, the guy just plays well here. I don't know if he just like gets up out of the tomb, comes out, has everything dialed in, and just does well. Leading up to the Honda, he played terrible last year. Leading up to the Honda four years ago, played terrible. I mean, to the point where he was losing 10 strokes the, the round before uh, the Honda and the event he played. So the guy, it's just for whatever reason, three times here in the past 10 years has gotten six or better. I'll take that as a monster 50% of the time. The dude crushes it. He's either going to miss the cut or he's going to he's gonna win the monster. So for 6K, uh, I'm even going to throw him in a couple lineups just in like really huge GPPs as like bare bones 6K guy that'll just take down the thing if, he, if I pair him with the right upper tier guy that gets top five. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't want to, but I just feel like I have to. I don't think there's any anybody else anywhere close to this range that has the history of winning here and just can do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I I just I no. No, I can't. No. Uh-uh. It's fine. That's all right. Uh no. No, you're not gonna talk <laughs> me in on it. Uh uh-uh. Uh, All right, other 6K guys that most definitely are going to be in my core, part of my rosters, guys like Jimmy Walker, C.T. Pond. um, I think those guys are solid plays. Most definitely almost made the monster list for me with those two. Um, Other guys I would consider, Kazire, Kiz, man, 6,200. Yeah, that seems not right. Like, playing terrible golf right now, but... uh, doesn't have the greatest course history here, but another 6K guy that I would I, I would most definitely consider. And then um, that's about it, dude. You're going to see a lot of names. What are you going to do with Tom Hoagie? Uh, yes, he made my list, but I'm not going to play him. I mean, he's only made the cut here once in the last five, four years. He, he played some great golf a couple weeks ago, but I think he's his run is over. No. I'm unchecking him as we speak, but I did have him selected initially. All right, yeah, the, I mean, this 6K na- range has a lot of names that we'd like to select. So do your research, guys. Be conscientious of your own personal monsters and guarantee. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So that's it. It's over. It's all over. That'll wrap up the cut lines analysis of the Honda Classic. Join us next week as we break down the API, man. The Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill Golf Course. Oh, Molinari's last winner there. And then after that, we have the fifth major. I'm excited. And then after that, guess what it is? Our one year anniversary. I know. Let's celebrate. So, oh. oh, we should. I'm excited. I'm excited. And thank you all for being there as we've ridden along. I know. It's been fun. 
want to do a uh, give a special thanks to Fanshare Sports, PJ Tour in Fantasy National. Zach, I want to thank you for another excellent show. Great analysis. Thank you, sir. you are on thank point. You always. Glad we could agree to disagree. And last but not least, we want to thank you, the listener, spending your precious time with us. We are here for you. Thank you so much. So that'll do it. Get those lineups in on Thursday. Go green on Sunday. Let's go get them. See you.